And we're back for episode four of the Atypical Youth Ministry Podcast, where we maybe do things a little bit differently than what you're hearing on the other podcasts. And when I say differently, like that's not an insult to them. No, well, maybe, maybe. <laughs> what differently means maybe less professionally because yes. we have we have uh, less resources. Correct. Perhaps, but you Correct. know what? There's a lot of people living our life out there that maybe need to hear what it is we're talking about uh, today. Oh. You know, I'm Jeff. I'm Joey. We're the chosen ones. Still. Still. Well, that won't change. From the beginning we're the chosen of time. Ones. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. was. Yeah. God chose us before we were born. Yeah. He formed us in, his, in our mother's wombs. Yes. Wombs. Yeah. We weren't from the same mom. No. no. Um, my mom is 4'10. How tall is your mom? Uh, I don't know exactly, but you know, dad was. We get the height. Your mom's taller than me, I bet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But that, I don't know what that's saying. So yeah. Well, listen. If my mom's four ten and I'm five five and a half, I'm a giant. She's probably. I bet she's five six. There you go. Yeah. 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 That's probably with the hair because she has the old person hair. Oh yeah. Where it's all up, poofy and curly, and and just go to like the hair people like once. She a week. has to find the eighty stylist that's yes. still in business. Sixties. Yes. Sixties. <laughs> oh, okay. Now I got a better picture of it. Does she wear big glasses too? Yes. Yeah. That's a technical foul. Yeah, big glasses. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I can I have never met your mom, but I can see her right now. <laughs> She's precious. All right. My mom is precious. She's tiny. Mom's not listening to this. There's yeah. a you know, now the whole thing like, oh, do you want a German Shepherd? No. I want a teacup German Shepherd. Oh. Well my mom is a teacup mom. Nice. She might fit in your mom's carry-on bag because <laughs> you know, she was 410 but now she's you know in her 70s so she might she might be able to get a handicap placard soon kind for of slumping over no they you just shrink because the yeah. this has nothing to do with anything let's no. leave our moms alone. all right all right fair enough all right let's talk about leaders today I, I i think leaders are one of the most important aspects of youth ministry yeah i remember do like i had leaders but i did everything yeah and i'd never kept those leaders because who wants to show up for two hours a week and do nothing? Yeah. Uh, but I've learned to really uh, empower and then rely on my leaders. And then the really great thing about that is, like, when I go to a youth pastor conference, I don't have to cancel youth group. Yeah. Because they can run it. So yep. leaders leaders are very important for the way we do ministry. Well, and not just for the students, but for the leaders, too. It's yeah. their opportunity to minister. And they see that as their spiritual gift yeah. and their way of doing ministry in the church context. Right. And it's actually really good for relationships. Like if somebody says, well, I'm not really, I don't feel connected at church. I always ask them, are you in a small group? And do you serve on a ministry team? Yeah. I'm very close with my youth leaders. And we, I mean, we'll just go hang out sometimes. Oh yeah. That's the, my, my closest friends are my youth leaders. And me. And you, obviously. Yeah. I, that if, I didn't think that needed to be said. But. Well, my I needed it. Okay. Fair Thank enough. you for bringing that up on your my own. My closest friends is right here in this room and my youth leaders. Because I'm in here. Yes. And so is Darth Vader. Did you see that? I have a Darth nice. Vader cardboard nice. cutout. I don't even I like know what it. I'm going to do with it yet. I just told the VBS person to leave it. Nice. I just got a new uh, bounty hunter poster that's in my youth room. Nice. It's Did all that... bounty hunters and, and Vader's in front of them. Okay. And so I, I no real context for having it in my youth room, but I saw the poster was on sale for five bucks. I said, yeah. You know what? It, you don't need context in a youth room. No. Never. Right? It's, yep. Everything's better than the old couch somebody gave you. So Correct. In fact, if you could have something cool on the wall to distract them from it, they might not even notice how gross that couch is. So, anyway, we are sending it over to Red Eye, who provided our ridiculously cool music for us, and we will be right back to talk leaders.
right, so we talked, we're talking about leaders today, and obviously there were times where we did everything by ourselves. Like, I remember when I started as a youth pastor, it was me and Sarah, and I did realize quickly that that wasn't enough because I could probably handle that, but it wasn't fair to ask her to handle it because she wasn't paid. In fact, she's, there's times, there's years where she's not even a youth leader now because she is not hired by the church to be a youth leader. So you, you have those days, I'm yep. sure. Yep. Yep. And, and, you know, maybe you're out there too, and you're actually still in this position. Yeah. You know, and it it does get better as as you begin to kind of get traction in your church. Yeah, uh, longevity helps. Yes. You know, but like when I first came to Grace, we already had a high school ministry, but they that's all they had. And so when I said we're going to do a junior high ministry, well, they said, okay, go ahead. That was it. It was, <laughs> it was Sandy and me, and you know, doing junior high do ministry. It. And so, and that's fine. I understand that, but you know. Eventually, we got leaders, of course. But, yeah. uh, you know, those first few years, you know, you have like, it was new. So 20 kids showing up, 7th and 8th graders. And I, at, at one time, I had three kind of like unique uh, special needs students. And they fed off each other. And one was uh, particularly could get violent at times. And okay. there were some like moments like, wow, the two of us is not enough for this job. Yeah. You know, and you quickly realize like, oh, we've got to do something about this because it's yeah. something I've I've had violent students, but I've never had a violent special needs student. I've had special yeah. needs students. Uh, the most that would ever happen of that was this one boy would walk right up behind me and I, I'm big on personal space and I would turn around and he'd be right there like right, like I could feel his breath, which I don't want to feel anyone's breath, you no, know. No. And and it would startle me every time. Oh, hey, good to see you. And so I, uh, I actually started, like, when, when I would see him, I would be like, oh, um, hey, I'll be back around, but did you get a chance to talk to so-and-so yet? <laughs> and I would kind of hand him off to one of my leaders, uh, and that's, that's how Yeah, that's I what's nice. You can get some Because I had leaders. You're going to be in charge of that well, student. Well, because he might need individual yeah. attention, yeah. but yeah. everybody needs attention. Yeah. So, and it's hard to do that when you're by yourself. Yeah. So obviously when you're talking about leaders, it starts all the way back at the beginning. That's what Vicini said we should do. Go all the way back yes. to the beginning. Yes. And Here's the beginning. Yeah. How do you recruit leaders? You know, and that's interesting too, because you know, some of you are walking into maybe new situations where you already have leaders. You've adopted leaders that you oh, weren't in charge of. And there. that's another unique situation too. But Have you ever inherited a leader that immediately hated you? Not hated, but I knew they we didn't have the, kind of the same youth ministry philosophy. Yeah. And what was great for me is they saw that and kind of eased themselves out within. The, oh. Like well, I I started in January, and so the season was half over. So by the end of the, the that first season, they already said we'll be stepping away. Yeah, and I, I said, all right. I had ones that hated me, like openly were angry that I was the one that was being hired. Tried to get the lead pastor to change his mind before I got here. Met with him all the time, trying to get me fired. I mean, hated me. Yeah. It was a it was a husband and wife duo. It was nice. Really nice of them to stick around for you. And then they would act really nice to my face. Oh, good. But you can see that. Like I can tell when you yeah. don't like me. It's yeah. so rare that people don't like me. I can tell. You know what's interesting? When That's it comes... not true. Actually, in their defense, that was ten years ago. You didn't like me either. Yeah, but you deep down didn't like yourself either. 
because you knew deep down you were kind of a, a DB at times. <laughs> Do I need to like bleep that? No, that's fine. I mean, it's true. I said initials, so if that's you true. do initials, everything's fine. I was a real Donnie Brasco. Yes, you were. <laughs> You're Very right. Underrated though. movie. You're right. Uh, if I like I, my Facebook memories, I won't even look at stuff from ten years ago because even I'm annoyed by yes. it. So that's just to defend everybody else that didn't like. But me you're awesome ago. now. So well, thank you. Yeah. I really wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't want to do life without. Oh, it's out of your tutelage. We gotta uh, but, take a break to cry. Well, we could, but let's. I'm gonna. All right. So, how do you recruit leaders? You know, what I'd like to do is give them a taste of the context first, because yeah. there are times when people think they can be leaders. They think they understand a youth culture. They even they might look like they have the credentials to be a youth leader, but until you put them into like a youth context and give yeah. them like a taste of it, then. You can see and they can see whether this is going to be right for them. And I, when I say context, maybe, hey, show up for a fun night, yeah. you know, and just hang out with kids and see how that goes. Or if you're really crazy, come along with us to the mission trip and, you know, and see how you react wow. to a week long with it. Really That's a big student. gamble. It is. And I, I've been. Is that somewhat... how you end up with leaders that help people rob people blind? Yes. Yes. Or who have issues with their their son on the rooftop and oh yeah they do a lot of yelling and screaming but you can tell right away Classic okay callback it's that's not your context i i've gone to like we have a, a a pretty decent sized christian school that most of my kids go to and they'll have a, a retreat for their seniors and it's an overnight retreat and i've gone to that retreat where i'm the speaker of for the last like 10 years and teachers will go to this because they're the volunteers that are in charge of making sure the kids are okay yeah. You know, like we would have at a retreat. And you can tell just because they're with students all day long and that's their life, they're not all ready to be volunteers for student ministry. It's, it's a totally much different context. Right. They're used to the classroom setting with students and with their own rules and regulations. Yeah. You put them in a context and you could see the they, ones that were just They have out. no idea what a van full of middle school no. boys is like. And they couldn't handle it. Some of them hated it. And like right away, you know, you shouldn't be here. But we, a lot of people assume, well, you're a teacher, you're with students all day, you can do this also. And that's not true. I actually true. find that teachers don't like to volunteer in children's and youth because they do it every day. Yeah. It feels like an extension of work. I've had very few teachers volunteer in children's and youth because of that. Yeah. And, and that's, what, but they all, it, it, that's their thing. Yeah. They're used to the structure and the level of authority that yeah. comes with the structure. And they know that they would end up being mean to the kids when they don't deserve that. So right. I respect that they see it. Right. Uh, I think for me, like with training, a lot of uh, a lot of people like to do the announcement from the front. We need youth leaders. Uh, my recommendation is don't do that. Yeah. You know who wants to be a youth leader? People that should never be around teenagers. <laughs> Absolutely. Like they want it because it's fun. I think youth ministry is the most fun ministry in the church. Obviously. And and, and like I really believe and that. And the most rewarding. Yeah. yeah. It's because you can have those deep conversations. Whereas with children's, you're like, you don't know if they hurt anything. Yeah. So people, I think, can be drawn to it, but that doesn't mean they're qualified. Uh, a passion or an interest doesn't mean I want you around my kids. Correct. So we don't, we don't do a front of the stage announcement. Even when I've been short on leaders, like I've run a small group for a while because I don't want that. Right. Uh, instead, like I only do personal invites. I, I don't like to over spiritualize it, but it is true. Like I, pray, like when I need a leader, I pray that God would show me who to ask. Yep. And uh, like I knew one of my middle school leaders was going to need to move on because he was my intern. He was getting a job soon. So I was praying about who I should go to. And one of my other youth leaders said, have you ever thought about this person? He'd be so good with middle school guys. 
it was like right in the time that I was praying for. And I get like, I let my leaders make referrals. They, they know they're not allowed to ask. They can't invite someone to be a leader, but they can ask me to invite them because I'll pray about it. And so I asked that guy and we just did the middle school mission trip together and he is phenomenal. He's actually related to you. I mean, we're in Kalamazoo. So well, yeah, everyone's related. Yeah, Mac. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah. uh, but oh, so he's I good. Get, he'll be great. He's he's wonderful. The kids yeah. love him already. They've already forgotten Isaac. So um, it's been it's been really good. But like it's got to be a personal invite. Yes. And then uh, and then I ask them to pray about it, and I pray about it. Because uh, sometimes people come and say, "I really want to be a youth minister." So well, let's pray about it. And if God tells us both yes, then yes. But if God only tells you yes, well, you're not in charge of this group. So yeah. it's, I'm very cautious. I don't want to, you know, like you know, the job of the pastor is a shepherd. What's the shepherd's job? to nurture and protect the sheep. Yeah. I take that very seriously. I, in my younger days, I was more interested in willing warm bodies. And we've had, you know, I've regretted some of that. And so I'm very cautious. I'd rather have more work to do personally yeah. than have someone in there that's going to cause me uh, damage later. Right. So I, there's no open invites into our youth ministry. No, I mean, we're the same. I've never put anything in the church bulletin or announced anything from the stage like we need leaders. but. There's, no, there's something incredibly wonderful about longevity like we have in our church. Right. That all of my current leaders <clears throat> now have been youth group members of my ministry. We're, and, we're not all the way there, but that's okay because the ones that haven't been, I love having them as leaders. But yeah, I my, my greatest, my most fertile recruiting soil is my youth ministry. Yeah. Because it, it, I think we talked about this, but I don't have them wait a year. If they're really passionate about it, and I like usually it's it's I initiate it because I see like this person will be a great leader. Yeah. So I ask them, well, I don't have to catch them up on the vision, right? Because they've been they experiencing it, it yes. for five, six, seven years. That's a big deal. They get it. They understand yeah. it. I've even let a few go right out of high school and into the high school small groups. Okay. That's a very rare bird, but it happens because sometimes you know they're there. Like they would be a phenomenal leader. Maybe I don't have them lead it by themselves. Yeah but I have somebody in. So yeah, I recruit my, out of my own graduates. Too. And I do that too, but I I just run it a little bit differently that if you want to be a part of the youth ministry, you're going to go to the junior high group first. That's Until, usually how it works. Usually the, I like to have four years removed so they know no one in the youth group was in youth group while they were in youth group. And right. then I can trans, well, transition we have them. Well, we have a culture of student leadership though. And I, maybe you do, I don't know, but I... I'm already utilizing them as leaders. Yeah. And so now they're students leading other students and I can see who the other students want to follow. So if they've already been following them for two or three years as a student leader, I'm less concerned about whether or not they will continue to yeah. follow them as adults. So that's part of it for me. Uh, I, so, I will, will, I gotta backtrack a little bit because I do actually have one leader who wasn't in my ministry and she was from Washington, the state of Washington. She took a job in Kalamazoo as a teacher she was from, went to school in Iowa, and she knew nobody. She was single at the time, and she's really invested to our church, and I watched her for a long time. She was part of our, our college group for quite a while, and I knew she needed a place to do ministry. Yeah. And, you know, the more I talked to her about youth group, and, you know, this is one of those teachers that is incredibly gifted both in the classroom and in youth group. And so I eventually said, would you please – be a high school youth leader and she even says uh to this day like that is why she's at our church yeah because i said come invest in youth group and well, i knew she needed something we needed something of course she married 
one of my four former students. So they're both leaders again. Helps. And, yeah. Well, think about this though. So that brings up another point where you talk about recruiting. A lot of youth ministries are run like a silo and the youth pastors just only with the teenagers and not really invested in the life of the church. Like, well, I don't know them because they don't have a teenager. And I used to say stuff like that. But you would not have recruited her. You would not have even seen her if you weren't invested in the actual church body. Right. That's a big deal. Like, if you you want to know who to recruit, then it's on you to know people. Yeah. And to know who, like, who do you click with and who do you think you trust to lead your students. Um, because they're not always uh, great at what they do. You know, like, let's talk about one one nightmare leader story, right? Like, sometimes you've made a mistake. Well, and, and I've never had an issue knocking on plastic. Yeah. I've never had an issue where an actual, like, consistent, real volunteer leader has had a, a, a issue. But, I haven't had, like, a moral failing, you mean? Well, I'm talking about any kind of, like, horror story for anything. Uh, but okay. what I did have is... Uh, going to Cedar Point, there were some adults who wanted to chaperone the trip. They just us. wanted to go. and But they, they said, well, we want to help you with the trip. And I said, okay. Liars. And then would we always spend a night, get a hotel on the way back, hit the pool, that type of thing. And, you know, they came and said, hey, we're going to go make a wine run and, and just sit in our room and drink wine. And I'm going, uh, we don't do that. Right, like your but, church doesn't have a problem with drinking. No, but on a but youth, not on a youth on event. a youth trip, I draw the line. I don't, yeah. Like yeah. again, I don't. I'm not saying you shouldn't drink as leaders or whatever. I'm just saying don't drink on a youth event. Yeah, and they could not understand that at all. Yeah, I threatened on the middle school mission trip that I was going to buy a beer for one of my leaders because she had already joked with Dave Eriks about it. Yeah, and what she had texted me like, Dave's not letting me get a beer. So when I showed up, I, I was like, hey, Dave, where's the uh, – I said, I'm going to run and get Joyce a beer. Do you want one? <laughs> <laughs> but I would never, like, do that at a youth event. Like, yeah. you don't drink. I don't have a problem with it, but you absolutely don't drink at a youth event. Right. I mean, it's a it's kind of like those minimum that things. It feels that, like common yeah. sense. I, another time, I had another adult that said, hey, I'm going out to Colorado. It's our first trip to Colorado uh, to the Adventure Park. Okay. And uh, Before said, or after the laws changed regarding marijuana? Uh, this is probably before. Okay. But they said, hey, we got a huge vehicle. We could take a bunch of kids. We'll drive out there. We'd love to do this with you. So, all right, that's fine. And they drove out. We uh, did the whitewater rafting. Great day. Then we got to the rock climbing and repelling. And repelling, you get up on this huge rock, and then you get over the edge, and it's nothing but you and a rope, and you go down. Uh, it was just me and one of my actual leaders were up on the top of the hill, and those new adults. Yeah. And suddenly the words that were coming out of their mouth were just uh, filthy curse words because okay. they were freaking out about being on this hill. They have never been uh, even close. And they've uh, asked, like, what are the chances of us going to another big trip again? And then they know it's zero. Yeah. Uh, you, unfortunately, there were no students in line up there with us that heard the cursing, but me and my other leaders still joke about this today. Yeah. Like, the words that were coming out of the rated R section up there was just incredible. And we said... Yeah, uh, let's keep the bare minimum. No drinking, no cursing. You know. Yeah. So <laughs> I've had I, I've had a leader or two slip. Yeah. And swear in front of the students, and I I might have a different position on swearing than you, uh, but regardless of what my position is, you absolutely don't do it in front of the students. Yeah. Because yeah. their parents probably have that strict standard for them. Yeah. So. Uh, one time we were having, I had a young leader. He's, he's actually like gone to Bible college now and he's like waiting to go on the mission field. He's really turned around. 
But I had him, he wanted to help with youth ministry, but was a little socially awkward, didn't want to be in small group. So he made him our master of games. And basically meant he had to come up with the games and run them, which is great because I didn't want to. Yeah. And so he gets up to run this game and it was like Hunger Games dodgeball. And the way it works is that I think there were like seven dodgeballs in play. And if you got hit with a dodgeball, you were out. And if, uh, if the person that got you out got out, you were back in. So there's a lot of moving parts to this. Okay. And when he got up on stage to explain the game, he swore <laughs> on stage. Well, you know, he can, swore I, can I and, ask? There are, there are, there are, there are, there's a little, little cute swear words. And mm, then there's those, oh, don't say oh, that. Oh, no, no. It was, it was a little cute swear word. <laughs> okay, word. all right. It was in all like, right. Maybe it was in the gray area. Okay. Uh, right. He was talking about the warmer of the two uh, eternal destinations. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so it wasn't like he didn't drop an F-bomb on stage. I don't okay. know if I could have recovered. So, uh, <laughs> because we had a deacon in the room. Uh, so... Then one of my other youth leaders, who was a mom of high school students, said, I don't want to play. I can't run around. I'm not athletic, blah, blah, blah. And she said that to me. I said, I'm not in charge. You have to ask the master of games. And he said, you have to play. So she gets down to the final two. Nice. And she takes it easy at the end. Like She had the opportunity. She could have lit this eighth grade girl up. And if she had, she would have been safe. This should be a lesson to her. Right. She pulled back, barely threw it. The girl missed it. Now she goes to backpedal, and she tripped over her own foot and fell. And we heard a crack. Oh. And it was bad. When she went to the doctor for it, the doctor asked her if she had been in a major car accident because it was an impact break, such that should only happen in, like, a major car crash or a mild plane crash. Like, it's, you don't get it playing dodgeball, you know? Nice. So, like, when she says she's not athletic, she means it. Yeah. Worse yet, it, the, the problem persists on and on, and the doctor actually was having trouble, and they said, well, we have to do this and hope that it works um, because, like, if this doesn't get taken care of, like, you know, it's not a major concern, but you could start to worry about losing your foot. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. All because? Because I let cussing kid <laughs> run a game and gave him total power, and he was drunk with power. Yeah. So that was pretty bad. Uh, needless to say, she's not one of my youth leaders anymore. Yeah, I, I like to believe it's because her kids have graduated. But yeah, dodge, go with that. Yeah, go dodgeball that. might have played no, a factor. No, go with so, that. Go with that. Uh, yeah, so that's part of uh, my nightmare scenario. It was a two-for-one situation, and we still joke about it to say she likes me. Like, her husband likes me. Her kids okay. like me. Good. Periodically, we joke about it. Okay. But she'll never volunteer to play any games with me ever again. Understood. Yeah. So that's just the nightmare stuff. That's not a good way to keep your leaders. Probably not. To, like, yeah. almost have them lose a foot. Yeah. So how do you retain them? What, what's important to you for retaining youth leaders? I think uh, number one is they got to feel like they're needed. Yeah. You know, that, that they're important. They can't just show up to be there because you need warm the bodies. ratio yeah yeah they yeah. have to have a role yeah and they got to enjoy the role they gotta they gotta have yeah. fun too uh it's not just about them sitting back and making sure students are good at all that stuff and, and yeah you know. it's not police they're not <clears throat> no, there to right. police the kids right they they got to enjoy it too though like they got to have their fun too yeah. um and that and and so i like to make sure and like at the beginning of the season and we'll have our leaders cook out at my house a couple weeks from now you know, we just get together and say, what, what, what do you want to do? Anything new? Anybody want to do anything new? Anybody? I want them to know they're important. They're herded. They're herded? herded? Is that? 
Well, no, they're being hurt, but you're actually hurting <clears> them. <throat> they're being hurted, and they yeah. don't even know it. Okay, either way, I'm going to do that. Yeah, you're hurting them. You know, and, you know, hey, all right. Um, and I always give opportunity. Would anyone like to talk about something this season? I have a couple leaders like who, who like speaking, and uh, I like to give them opportunities during the season. And they'll come to me and say, hey, this is what's on my heart. And I've heard yeah. them already, so I trust them uh, fully with whatever they do in front of the kids. We have one time a month where I don't teach, and either one of my youth leaders teaches – or as the year progresses, one of my student leaders yeah. teaches. I mean, for the most part, my leaders say it's all good. Yeah. You know, we don't want to do more. We're happy with what we're doing. You know, those type of things. Uh, but once again, you know, like I said at the beginning of this, my leaders are my closest friends. Right. You know, and we love being together. We do things outside of youth group together. You know, I also like to keep them uh, well appreciated. Uh, so yeah. like around Christmas. We I'll, have that too. Very yeah. high honor culture. You know, and I, I take them all out for dinner. And we like for the last couple of years, we've all gone to an escape room. And we okay. have to split up into a different rooms. But it's just a lot of fun. Just get together and we play cards and we do this together. We'll, you know, we'll just hang out. And so. So we, we do something like that. But I, I wanted to come up with something different, a different way to approach it. Because sometimes, like, in our pursuit to thank others, we inevitably also give ourselves the same gift. Yeah. Right? And so uh, I started, not this not this last year, but the year before, where they didn't know they were leaving, but they showed up to youth group. And I gave, my wife was one of the leaders, I gave her my church card. And I said, I have a reservation for you guys at this restaurant. It was a nice restaurant. I said, get whatever you want, no alcohol. Right? Still technically a youth event. Church yeah. card can't be used to purchase alcohol. So I said, get whatever you want, and they left. And I, I told my wife, I said, before you guys, like when you guys sit down, unlock my iPad and watch the video. And I had just recorded a thank you video talking about how much I appreciated them. And so they all got to have that time. And then, well, you talk about appreciating your leaders. I had to run youth group without them for a night. That was <laughs> terrible. And, and then, but what we did is like I taught a short lesson, and then instead of small groups, we actually then took time, and every student – wrote a note to their leader talking about how much they impact their lives. And I collected all of those. And then uh, the first year we did it, when they came back, I had also ordered customized Dundies. We call them Rebbies because we're Rebel yeah, Youth. Yeah. Uh, but they all got customized Dundies, and it related to some way that they're really interacting in youth group. Like it was specific to the way they interact. And they were, they were funny, and there was usually a joke involved. But also, so when I was presenting them, I uh, made the joke but also made the serious comment. Yeah. And then they each also got a thank you note from me in their bag. So we like to really honor them. And we do it publicly in front of the students because we want the students to see that that's how you treat nice. them. Or like on the mission trips, I I spoil them, right? Because they're taking a week vacation yeah. and I'm not. Yeah. And everything I need to buy on that trip is a work expense. Yeah. So I try to spoil them to the point where I might frustrate other leaders or from other groups. But our kids don't care. Like at the middle school trip, uh, there were some waves because I overly. I was told you can spoil your leaders as much as you want. If that's not true, don't tell me that. <laughs> so I did that, and I was told it can make the you know the students feel jealous or left out, which I don't care so much about uh, in this context. But like one of my middle school guys said, "Hey, there's pizza. That's awesome. Can I have some?" And one of the leaders said, "No, Jeff got that for the leaders." And because of the call, and this was a seventh grade boy, because of like how we have publicly honored them. His response wasn't, oh, man, he's like, oh, cool, you guys deserve it. And he walked away. Nice. Like, he gets it. Like, my kids appreciate my leaders because we make it a point to bring up the fact that, like, I'm the only one paid to be here. And I'd say don't ignore those little things because we do the same thing, like, even with pizza. Like, 
typically we would get the cheapest pizza there. Yes. And but I'll go to my leader and say, "What do you want?" You know, and right. and I'll get them different stuff. And and my students don't. Is that the leader stuff? Because yeah. we have like a a leader's lounge in the back of our youth group room, and so you know, I'll have specific stuff for them because I want to know they're cared for. You yeah. Know? And I think there's even like what you're kind of alluding to. Our leaders volunteer this time, all these hours. And so I also make it a point that I'm not going to charge them for an event. So right. even like a Colorado trip, which will, which cost us, you know, maybe like, let's say $500 per person to go. I put in the leader's cost into my final cost that I'm making kids pay. So they don't have to pay a thing. And yeah. last few years, I've been trying to give my leaders like, uh, like food money too. And say, yeah, Hey, this is, this is all coming out of your pocket. I get that. Here's like, you know, 60 bucks. And, I, and yeah, I hope we give get, the, the students pay for their food money. The leaders, well, we paid for them all, but then yeah. the leaders get twice as much food money. Yeah. Because I know they need more. Yeah. So, because I, I want, as they're already going to see it in their paycheck or in their vacation time, they're spending a resource yes. on it. Yeah. I like them to do, I don't want them to come out of pocket. So right. we'll try that. All right. So that, that's good honoring. So, how do you, uh, by the way, relationships, we both talked about like our youth leaders are really close. And I would just say relationships are key. Like, if you have yeah. a youth leader, that you don't ever invest in their your relationship with them, then you should get ready to write them a thank you card for their service because they'll leave you. Well, and that goes to the full circle. You're going to target people that you want to work with. Yeah, and I don't mind if they're different from me. It's better no, if they are. But I want to work with them. Right. There's something about them that says, yeah, I, I want to be with them. Even we if may we be have... in completely different lanes, <clears throat> but we still have to be going the same direction. Right, right. You know, so. And, and so they don't have to become your best friend but you don't want someone. You, you don't know, want to, a turd. Yeah, yeah. Let's right, yeah. call it that. Yeah. Um, all right. So, how do you train your leaders? And we we are running out of time. Yeah. Well, it's, the last one was a pretty long episode. Well, here's the point. Behave. Just take them to the DYM leadership training thing. Okay. Well, that's called a day. Yes, you should. If <clears> you're in Kalamazoo, you should there's, come to mind. I, I believe there's one at Kalamazoo Community Church uh, coming up, right? I highly recommend it. Yeah. I've, I've heard I need, good things about. I need this. one more church to get to ten. That's a big deal for me. So. One more church. Yeah. It, you're out there. You know yeah. it. You uh, know you really, should go to this. So we do have the National Day of Volunteer Youth Ministry training. There's, it's a lot of letters. I don't know the acronym. Yeah. Um, but actually, we do like we've switched to doing DYM University. Yeah. Because it's digitally, so there's not the well. I can't make it. Well, yeah, you can because here's six videos to watch over this next month. They're ten minutes apiece. All you have to do is get to your computer, your phone. Think you can make it? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. But I understand. Like we have it. Like oh, we have youth group at five, so you have to come at three. But you also were at church this morning. Maybe that doesn't work for you and you have family things. So it's legitimate when they can't make it to trainings. And instead of trying to like, you know, instead of beating myself up or them over it. Yeah. So what, there's got to be a better way. And then DYM introduced this. So I, I, we do use DYMU. We have the site license. They can watch it on their own time. Uh, but also, you know, like at, at the very beginning, you hinted at this. They have, to, they have to experience it a little bit. Yeah. Like the very first thing for us for training is shadowing. Like you can tell me you want to be a youth leader and I can say I want you to be a youth leader. But I won't make you a youth leader until you you have to come on Sunday night and you have to sit through it. You have to sit through the game and you have to and you're not you're just observing and you have to be through the lesson. And then you're going to go to the small group that I'm probably going to have you in. And I'll just tell like, hey, they're just checking out. They're not sure if they want to be a youth leader or not. Even if they say they're sure, they're not sure because they yeah. haven't been in that room yet. Yeah. And so a lot of smells. Yeah. So I send them in and then at the end of the day, like I get feedback from them. But I also get feedback from the other leaders that are in the room 
that will tell me like, yeah, like, what did you think about them? Did you feel like they like have a natural clicking? And then they, they, if it works out, they come in and they usually don't start out like, all right, you're new. And now you're totally in charge of the high school girls. Like we don't do that. Yeah. Uh, but so they'll start with somebody else and they get the opportunity to lead. And I constantly, and they know this is the dynamic, like they're going to get feedback from the experienced volunteer they're working with, but also I'm going to get feedback from that person. Yeah. And so I can give you coaching. So there's that one-on-one -on -one coaching that happens over time. Do you get feedback from students before you, uh, like in that context, when you say, hey, they're just checking it out? Not as much because they're not interacting with the kids as much. Okay. Uh, the only time I get feedback from students is if I'm interested in having a parent volunteer like we talked about. Yeah. I ask the student or like one of my graduates, I was going to have him be a middle school guy, small group leader, I thought. And then I was talking to his little brother who's in middle school and he's like, I said, what would you think of that? He was like, no way. He's like, he's a jerk to me. I was like, well, then he can't be in that room, can he? Yeah, yeah. But he can be a leader. He can do something else. But he can't, like, I can't ask that kid to bear his soul to someone who's going to be mean to him when he gets home. Right. You know? Right. So, no, yeah, and there's it, a lot of feedback. Yes. And, uh, it's a journey. Like, I don't expect them to come in and be perfect at it. Yeah. I want them to grow. I, I don't want to put a ceiling on it. It's like with the new roles. Like, if people leave jobs when they hit a ceiling and there's no more room for advancement, I don't want youth leadership to be like that. I, yeah. I want them to be able to teach. Like I know there's a date in September I won't be here. And I already know what uh, leader I will have run that and what leader I will have teach that. Yeah. Like it, they, they've all grown in these roles. And I think part of the, the whole process that's part of maybe even training or grooming is you know, constant communication with your leaders of the direction you're trying to go in. You know, yeah. we'll get together in a few casting weeks. Casting vision. Yeah, and, we'll, and I'll say, say, this is our theme for the entire season, and everything we do uh, uh, lesson-wise will kind of touch on that theme and then try to give them, like, the specific things you're going to do before before Sunday, you know, before you speak, you know, with specific questions that they can kind of explore in small groups and give it to them long before they need it. I've, I've not, I've not yeah. always been great at that, but I'm trying to get better at That's it. That's a big retention point. Years. You know, like if you if you wait last minute and you frustrate them, they'll leave you. Yeah. You don't have to communicate to everybody everything, but your leaders should never find out what's going on in your ministry with everyone else. Yeah. They should never find out from the main stage and big church <laughs> and they shouldn't find out alongside students. And it's OK, even if uh, you've got leaders that say, hey, I really don't need that until like, you know, 50 minutes before. That's fine. But still send it to them a couple right. of days before. That's their choice to do yeah. with it. And I don't have will. a problem if they they look at it as they're walking into the room. Because it's usually it's pretty specific and spelled out to them. It's not that right. big a deal. But you know, just communicate. That's the biggest thing in training and relationships and retention. Yeah. You want to communicate well because also not only are you investing in them, but you're teaching them how to communicate to your students. Yeah. yeah. And if it's if you don't treat it like it's important, the interactions you have with them, and thought out, then why would they model that? Yeah. So I think that's a big deal. All right. Well, that's it for today. I'm I'm actually really excited for the next episode. Yeah. Do you already? Do you still remember what it is? Uh, isn't it about uh, keeping the your Sabbath? You know, and that. that that's good. Yeah. I had to go back and look because I had forgotten. I didn't hear everything you said. I'll go back and listen. Uh, so we're talking about recharging and doing the Sabbath, which I yeah. think is really important. Yeah, extremely important. I'll be coming right off of actually vacation when we record that, so I'll have it fresh in my mind. Yeah. 
And you're always on vacation, so. Yeah, typically. I mean, so. with how long you've been there, are you up to like 26 weeks? I, I'm trying to work for like around a 50-week vacation schedule soon. Yes. So that would be the perfect kind of scenario. Only senior pastors get that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And then they get their like three-year sabbatical, yeah. too. Yeah, it's a good thing we only work on Sundays and Wednesdays or we'd be really tired. That's true, that's true. I don't even have Wednesday nights. Maybe we'll get a, a real job someday. Hopefully. Yeah. Maybe a real pastor. Yeah. All right, so we will uh, talk to you guys next time. We will be well-rested and ready to go talking about Sabbath and being recharged. See ya.